We are learning Daf Samachay. We're starting right from the bottom. The mission is, is going through all the things, the types of sustenance that a husband provides for his wife. And they're not living together. He's sending her food. So the mission was saying one of the last things was oil, figs. So the Mar notes that there's no wine. He didn't say anything about a wine. There's no wines that are given to the woman. Um, that's not, for, if she's living separate from her husband, she's not given wine. We're going to bring from a possible that it sounds like women do drink wine. I go after those who love me, they give me bread. They give me bread, water, wool, linen, oils, and drink. So it sounds like what? That she is getting, that she is getting wine because she says that I'm going to my lovers. You know, we're talking about an adulterous woman here in the Pasuk. It's all a muscle for Klal Yisrael. Anyways, so she says that uh, I go to my lovers and they give me bread and they give me my drinks. So we see that what is this? It's, uh, it seems to be wine. So, so isn't that the Lashon Shikuyai, something that the, she really wants, her drinks? So, 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 so what is that? We're going to say, instead of saying wine, it doesn't mean drinks as in wine, but it means something that a woman has tremendous desire for. What does a woman have tremendous desire for? Jewelry. So the Apostle is saying that her lovers give her jewelry. It's not saying her drinks. So we're saying, really, it's not the way, then that's the Yisai. It's not, not the, uh, it's not the way of women to drink wine so much, and that's why it's not Provided for her in the food. What's the source that actually we're going to bring a source the other way? That, that, that wine is not generally given to women. got up after she ate. So remember, this is the base of Mikdash. Shechana was very sad. She was old regal with, with her husband, Elkanah. She was very sad she didn't have a child. So she davened and then she got Shmuel, the whole story. So it says that she got up after she ate and she loved so after he drank. So she gets up after she ate and after he drank. So he shows up. It sounds like he drank. Her husband, the implication is she, Chana, was not drinking. So that's a clear indication for the possibility that women don't drink. So it says she ate. Are you going to tell me that implies he didn't eat? So it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, we're saying that the grammar changed. It was talking about her. It was saying she ate. The Pasuk had been dealing with Chana. From her perspective, it says that Hannah got up after she ate. My time is Shani. Why suddenly is there a change in the pasuk and the grammar, and, 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 and now moves on to the husband? So the key must be that he drank, but she, in fact, did not drink. Like we said, that is not the tendency of the girls to drink the wine. It says the Gemara, have a kasha from Bryce. Every deal, if a woman is used to it, then no, we do give the wine. So it's the kasha what we're saying. We seem to be saying women don't drink wine. We don't provide the sustenance from wine. Here, the Bryce says, if she's used to it, then we do. Says the Gemara, shine when she's when she's used to it, then it's different. And basically, now we're going to get into as bizarre as it's strange as it may sound that uh, the whole concern and the reason we don't give wine to a woman is because it might lead to adultery. That's the idea. Specifically over here, she's not even living with her husband. She's living in her own quarters. And if she has too much alcohol around her, so then who knows what kind of thoughts might come. So if she's used to it, so then we, we don't assume that, 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 that the wine will, was going to arouse her to, to make adultery. So that's what the Gemara's idea is, that if, she, if she's used to a cup of wine, glass of wine by dinner, she's doing it normally, so then that we're not concerned for anything. If she's used to it, we can give her a cup. If she's not used to it, so she gets two cups. So that obviously sounds backwards. So first we have to clean that up. If she's used to it, she gets one. If she's not used to it, she gets two. My Kamar, what does that say? That's what it's saying. If when she's around her husband, she usually drinks two. So then... Then um, even if she's not with her husband, she could have one. Meaning, whenever she's not around her husband, where like 
heightened sensitivity, security, make sure she doesn't drink so much. But it should always be a little bit less than she drinks. So she usually drinks by her husband too. And when she's not around her husband, she gives him one. And we give with Nebala close to Echad. If she's not given more than one cup of wine, even in front of her husband, then she'll live with Nebala and knows not call Echad. And then she's not in front of her husband, we don't give her at all. So now we've, we've answered the question. Everything is good. The bride that's talking about giving her wine is specific to where she is accustomed to it. Our statement, we're noting the mission that we don't give wine is where she's not specifically accustomed. We could explain the price like this. Ricky loves she's used to wine. Then we give it to her. But we're talking about here not drinking. It's not talking about that. It's talking about for cooking. Sometimes you have that. Um, for drinking wise, we're concerned. But it means she's accustomed. It means that she's accustomed to putting it in her recipes. Interesting idea. All right. Where do we have this? There was once a story with a, with a daughter-in-law who was widowed from the daughter-in-law of Akimah Ben-Gurion. Akimah Ben-Gurion one of the wealthiest Jews in Jerusalem. And the Chachamim were saying how much she should get. Now that she's coming to the estate after she's widowed, and she's trying to figure out how much she can collect. She has the right to collect on the sustenance. So the Chachamim were back and forth on this, how much she should get. And eventually they said that she should get how much? Two saws of wine, which is tremendous, with Sika Kedera to spice up her pot. From one week to the next. So that's a huge amount of wine that they gave her. They watered her because that's what she was used to. Those were her standards, so to speak, for what she needed for her cooking. And that's what they said she could take once she was widowed from the husband's estate. So Amr Law, Amr Land, she said to them a very interesting response. She said, This should be what's given to your daughters. The question is, what did she mean by this? So it seems that the Mepharshim understand that she was actually felt that it wasn't enough. And she was upset. And she was saying that that's how much your daughter should get. Now, it's interesting because that's a huge amount, right? So in other words, it seems that she was used to even higher, higher. So the time of the bride said, Shomer Siyavim, I said, she was actually a Shomer Siyavim. She was falling to Yibam. And the scenario below, Anachra Amen. So they didn't say Amen. They didn't answer it. In other words, if they would have said Amen, it would have been like uh, affirming with the curse that she's saying and that, um, and Batsim, it would have been a good thing to answer Amen because it would have been a great, a great, a great bracha. She may have meant it like a curse, Batsim, but for us, for that, that, you know, two souls of wine per week, that's huge, it would have been good. But Lamaisha, she was waiting for even they didn't answer Amen because we don't want that kind of scenario to happen. A man dying without children, <coughs> leaving his widow, falling to Evam, that's definitely unfortunate. So that, that's why they didn't answer Amen. They didn't want to affirm that part of the curse. Okay, says the Gemara Tana, one cup of wine could actually be beneficial for a woman. Shnayim, if it's too nivola, that's already disgraceful. She'll do something disgraceful after that point. Then she will solicit explicitly. We're talking about relations. She'll be tovea bepe from her husband. She'll, she'll, she'll be tovea bepe, which is again disgraceful. Arba, she drinks four cups of She'll even ask a donkey in the market and she won't, be, and she won't care. Obviously, a little bit extreme. But the point is that the effects are great. All this is all when she's doing it alone without her husband around her. But if her husband's with her, less than Ba, we're not as concerned, and therefore she could have uh, the two cups. The question is, if her husband is with her, would you, still, would you still give her the three or four cups? That would sound like not. So, so the, the idea would be the second cup is a difference. So we're saying this whole thing that women abstaining from wine is without their husband. With their husband, we can give them some wine. So what was our whole source? Chana. Now Chana was with her husband. Hachana was with her husband. And the Pasuk, as we expounded before, indicated that she didn't drink wine. It says, It's different because they weren't at home. They were guests. How do we know a guest is forbidden to have relations? And we're talking about specifically when they don't have the pri- their own private room. So they don't have their own private room, so then, you know, it's, 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 it's not in good taste. So how do we know 
such a thing. It says that, that specifically they had relations after they got home. In this story, we're quoting Mamash this context with Chana and Ochana. So after they returned home, then, he, then, then, then they had relations. She got pregnant with Shmuel. So it sounds like Hashna'in, only when they returned home, hey, Carlo. When he was a guest, when they were still in Jerusalem, then they didn't have relations. So that's the idea. Drinking wine will definitely arouse the, 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 the desire for relations. So if they're at home, or the husband can satisfy those desires, and then that's okay. You could have the one, one, two, the one, two, a cup of wine. That's fine. But if you, if you're, if they're guests, the husband won't be able to satisfy the desire for relations because it's forbidden to have relations in such a setting. So then you don't drink wine at all. Says the Gemara, Choma is a very interesting character. Choma was a beautiful woman, and she was. You might remember this from Yevamos Samach Dalad that there's if a woman is married to a man and he dies, and she marries another man and he dies again. And there's a question whether she establishes a pattern that she kills her husband. And uh, that exactly happened to Choma. And with Abai, we're going to talk about this. So she, Abai was Meiko. Abai said, nah, it's Chazakas only after three times. So she, he married Choma. And then Abai died. And uh, basically, it's a scary woman here. But she was a beautiful woman. So she was a widow. She came in front of Rava. Rava was the dying. Tell me how much Mizona is from the husband from Abai's estate. How much mizonos am I getting here? Possibly he gave her food. So Klichamish said, I need wine. What are you talking about? I know Machmini. He was my colleague. He was my friend. Abaye, he wasn't used to drinking wine. So Abaye was poor. There's no way that she was in, used to drinking wine. And again, a woman only is entitled to a stipend of wine if she's used to drinking wine. If she's not used to drinking wine, she doesn't get it. So Rabbi is saying, there's no way Abaye was used to giving you wine. No way. So I'm Malay. She said to him, I swear. I swear by your life, that, 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 that I used to give him wine to drink in huge goblets. And she started demonstrating with her hands, you know, how, how big, the, wide the goblets were. When she was showing him, her arm became uncovered. There was a big light that came in the, in the courthouse, meaning to say that her, the radiance of her skin was evident. Rava went, went home right away. And he specifically asked the daughter of Rav Chista, his wife, uh, he married Rav Chisda's daughter. He, he asked the, his wife to have relations. So Amr Leib asked Rav Chisda, Rav Chisda's daughter, Rav Chisda said, she figured out the whole story right away. She said, who is today in the courthouse? Meaning, Rav was trying to satisfy his, his desire right away so that it shouldn't lead to any improper thoughts. So when he saw the beautiful sight of Choma, he went right home and he asked his wife for relations. So Choma, I'm sorry, he, he went, when he saw the beautiful sight of Choma, he went home to ask Rav Chisda's daughter to have relations. So now his wife is, is, is figuring out the whole thing. She said, who was in the courthouse today? So Choma, the visit of the Bible. It was Choma, the widowed wife of the Bible. Nafka, Basra. So Rava's wife, Rechis' daughter, she runs out. She chases Choma down. She beats her down. She beats her down with, uh, with the thing that they used to lock a, a, a box with. She chased her out to the whole city. She said to her, you already killed three people. Right, you know, he killed the three husbands. But I'm the middle of trying to kill somebody else. Right, that's halacha. She was definitely a katlanist after Abai died. Right. All right, another story for us. David Suzer Rav Yosef read the Rava. Widowed wife of Rav Yosef was the son of the son of Rava. Rav Yosef, the son of Rava, his widowed wife. Also, the Kamei Rav Nachman read the Yosef. She came in front of Rav the son of Rav Yosef. Rav Leib Sokumizoni. She said, "I need food from my husband's estate after he passed on." Pasukli gave her food. Pasukli Chama, give me wine. Pasukli gave her wine. Amalah Yadani Budu Midim Mechuzah Shalti Chama. He said to her, "Because it makes sense. The reason I'm giving you wine is because I know that the people who live in Mechuzah they're used to drinking wine, and since they're used to drinking wine, that's why uh, she was awarded a, a stipend of wine 
from the estate. Continues the Gemara, Divisi Rav Yosef, Ramanashim, Midvil, the widow wife of Yosef, the son of Ramanashim, Midvil, Asa, the of Yosef, she comes in front of Yosef, Ramli, Psukum, Mazoni, give me food, Pasukla, he gives her, Psukum, Chamra, she asks for wine, Pasukla, he gives her wine, Psukli, she write, she says, I need silk, I'm used to silk, so I'm allowed, she write, Lama, what do you need silk for? I'm allowed, I need it for you, your friends, and your friends' friends, which is an expression, a way of saying, I need to fit in. Right? I need to fit in. So in other words, that's what I'm used to. And I used to be wearing silk, so I shouldn't be. Shouldn't, shouldn't, people shouldn't perceive me like I went down, you know, after I became a widow. So therefore, I should be entitled to that as well. Says the Gemara Venosin, This is an interesting Gemara here. It says that the husband, when his wife is living in separate quarters, he has to provide her with a bed. It makes sense, right? She has to be able to sleep. But then different mats, a soft mat and a hard mat. So the Gemara says, what's, what's the deal with that? Well, what's the deal with that? And the Gemara understands right now, the Gemara doesn't understand is because usually the way, the, the, the way they would sleep on the bed is that there'd be some sort of leather sheet over a wooden frame. So what do you need these mats for? Wasn't the leather more comfortable than that? So the Gemara explains, we're talking about a place where they didn't have leather, leather sheets that made it comfortable. They just would, would fill up in the bed with ropes which is, the, the miragale causes her to age, right? It's uncomfortable, <laughs> bad back or whatever it is. So therefore, they make sure that instead they put the, these mats down on the, on the bed frame. So the, now the Gemara continues. We do not give her, what is it? What is she not supplied with? A pillow and a mattress. It doesn't have to be so comfortable, right? You get the mats a little bit, but the extras, like a pillow and a mattress, doesn't have. Shem Nelson disagrees. He says, we do give her the pillow and the mattress. What's the case? If it's the way, meaning if that's what the normal practice in the family, the woman's family, to sleep on a pillow and a mattress when time's on a comma. Why does on a comma say? He doesn't have to provide her. Remember, what's the rule? What's the big rule? She comes from a wealthy family. Husband has to treat her the way her family's wealth is. So she always sleeping on fluffy, uh, fluffy pillows and nice mattresses. So then uh, the husband should have to supply her with that. Be loved or And if she doesn't come from such a prominent family, if she doesn't usually sleep on that, my time with Rabbi Nelson, what would Rabbi Nelson's reason be that the husband does have to provide? So the parents is the The bride was talking about a case where he usually sleeps on the pillow and mattress, but it's not her custom. She usually doesn't. Now, I just want to, before we get into it, normally when a poor girl marries a, a rich husband's family, she, she raises to his level as well. But the Rishonim say that it's not specifically that way. It's not like the husband comes from a rich family. It just happens to be like he pampers himself a little bit and gets a pillow and a, and a mattress. Like if he would come from a super rich family where that's what they do, she would be elevated to that status and she also would deserve it. But we're talking about a case. She doesn't come from such a family. He doesn't come from such a family, but he pampers himself a little bit. And he sleeps on a mattress and a pillow. Okay, therefore what? Tanakama, Safar, Amalah. He says to her, when I go away, I'm going to take the pillow and the mattress with me. When I come to you, I'll, I'll bring them with me. Meaning, he's going to, remember, they're living separately. He's going to come visit her to have relations from time to time. So the night that, that we're going to be together, and you're and by you, so then I'll bring for myself. And if I'm going to be bringing for myself during that time, I'll bring along a mattress for you as well. But that doesn't mean I have to you know, leave you with a pillow and a mattress every time. It's not a, such a thing. You don't really deserve it. If I'm around you and I'm using my pillow and my mattress, so then I'm obligated to give you a pillow and a mattress as well, and I will. But, but, but I'm going to take them with me when I leave. That's the Tanakhama. Not some Safar, not some old. Amrlech, she's going to say, Zimdim Islam and Shmash. You're going to come right before Shabbos. You're going to come Friday night running in right before Shabbos. Pilomas is my slave. If it's already been a Shmash, you're not allowed to carry. So if the whole plan is that the, you're going to have the pillow and the mattress, you're going to bring and slap back and forth every time, the guy's going to bring the mattress down the street into the, into the place. So then it sounds a little funny, no? 
Like that if that's his plan over here, what happens if you're going to come late Friday afternoon and you can't carry? What are you going to do? Shaka Zaludidi, You know what you're going to do? You're going to take mine. You're going to make me sleep on the floor. So what does this mean, mine? What is she talking about? The Gemara gets very hard to understand. I thought the whole point is he's not really going to buy her one that she's going to keep in her apartment. He's just going to slap it back and forth every time he comes. So if Shad is, Rashi says that, 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 that if I buy... If she's going to use, if you're given her mats or whatever it is, she might turn it into a pillow or mattress, or she might buy it on her own. If she buys it on her own, then she's going to sell probably her, 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 um, the mats that the husband gave her and go try to get a pillow and a mattress. So if she's going to end up with a pillow and a mattress, if that's what she's going to have. And one Friday, her husband comes late and he wasn't able to bring his pillow and his mattress along with it. So what's the husband going to do? He's going to take her pillow and a mattress. She's going to be left with nothing and she's going to have to sleep on the floor. Just super, super interesting uh, Super interesting idea. So bottom line is, the case here is that there's concern for a husband who's a monster, and he was gonna, if there's a pillow and a mattress that his wife had that she scrimped together to buy, he's gonna kick her out and, 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 and if he, didn't, he wasn't able to bring his. So if everything normally he brings his and everything, that's fine. But we're concerned that's not gonna work out. We're concerned he's gonna come late. So therefore, if he's, gonna, if he's used to sleep on a pillow and a mattress, so we say he has to buy one for her and uh, leave it there in the apartment as well. All right, the Nosen Lakipa, he has to give her, what do we say? A kerchief, a belt, shoes every yantif, and clothes that are 50 years, uh, that are 50 zoos, every single year. Right? So once a year she gets new clothes, three times a year she gets new shoes. Interesting question here. What happened? What happened? What's Pshan in this Tana? He's naked and he's wearing shoes? So it's an expression. Right? Somebody who's naked and wearing shoes is like, it's ridiculous to buy new shoes when your clothing was old. So what's the point that the Gemara is saying? Shoes, she gets every new yantif. Clothes, she only gets once a year. The Gemara doesn't see the rationale in that. I don't know. Ask women, women today if that makes sense. Yeah. Bottom line is, the Gemara thinks it's ludicrous. So the Gemara says, No, the, the, the mountains. You talk and need new shoes all the time. It's not a fashion issue. It's, it's specifically because the shoes get worn out so quickly. But the town is telling us, really, you're just buying shoes. It's not out the mud. It's not shop. You need new clothes to stand for the fashion to feel good. The shot is that if you're going to get three pairs of shoes a year, which you need, then... You may as well give it to her from You may as well have simcha with them. So, meaning the primary purpose here is that not that she needs new clothes for the for the holiday. Really, what, it would suffice once a year to get new clothes. Fifty zoos, that's fine. You just out of necessity, she's getting the shoes because it's a mount, it's a mountain region. So she needs three pairs of shoes a year. And mountains are saying, but you may as well give them to her in a time that are going to make her happy during the time of the regal. Clothes has to be worth 50 zoos. I'm Rabbi, right? So there's two types of zoos. One is pure silver, and one is um, only an eighth of that. So, so the Gemara says, I'm Rabbi, Chamishim zoos pshiti. We mean the common zoos, the one that's worth less. What did we learn yesterday? That all these amounts are the basic core amount for a poor, poor, for a poor person. Avon Mechubad, talking about a wealthy person, then everything is according to his level of wealth. So you talk about mamish. If the Mishnah meant 50 real zoos of pure silver, that's a lot of money. The Ani probably doesn't have that amount of money. We see what the Mishnah means. It means common zuzim. That's probably the amount that the Mishnah refers to. Okay. We said that the, the clothes that you give, you should always give the new clothes in the beginning of the winter. And then she'll wear them and get worn out in the summer. The reason being is that the clothes are lighter when they're worn out in the summer. It makes more sense to wear it. And they're new, they're thicker and warmer, so that makes more sense for the, uh, for the winter. So what does it say? The, the mission, one more thing it said is that all the worn out garments that she has after the year, she can keep. 
Those are for her. So Tanra Rabbana, Moser Mizona is Labal. Any leftover food belongs to the husband. Meaning we saw, let's say he's flied her with two cobs of wheat for a week. Let's say she didn't use all the wheat. It actually belongs to her husband. Interesting idea. Because he doesn't have to give her money. It's not what it is. He has to give her food. So she's not eating, it's fine. Moser blows, but the leftover worn out clothing from year to year, Isha, that belongs to the wife. Right? The Gemara, what's Pshat? What, what does she have from her? What does she need for her? She should have special clothes that she wears when, in, when she's in need. She shouldn't become repulsive to her husband. Meaning to say, what's the idea? If a, husband, if a husband gives a woman clothes and she wears the same clothes when she's in need and when she's not, it grosses the husband out. So therefore, it's actually protecting the husband to say that the worn out clothes should be kept by her and now she'll wear those when she's in need. Uh, the leftover one, our clothing, the widow, goes to the children of the Yarshim. So this whole svara that she keeps the le- that she keeps the leftover clothes, she'll discount Abayla, is specific to her husband then, because it's really for his benefit. So when he's alive, and the question is him keeping it, her keeping it, or returning it to him, so she keeps it. She'll discount Abayla. But here that he dies, and the question is her keeping it or the Yarshim getting it, so it goes to the Yarshim Hashem, who, in the case of the married woman. Belongs to her to this kind of babe. We don't want her to become repulsive in front of her husband. Hacha, in the case of the widow, this kind of this kind of who cares if she's going to be repulsive again? It's not concerned to us what the Yarshim think of her beauty, right? Who cares? Therefore, they are entitled to the leftover clothing. Okay, what else did it say? That he gives her an allowance, nothing Lamal Kasif, and then it says she eats with him every Friday night. So we're talking about again a woman who's, who has her separate living quarters. Friday night they eat together. Mayochalas, what does it mean she eats with him? It means literally that they should eat together on Friday night. And it's saying even though they're living separately, at least once a week, then uh, they they should they should be eating together. And the pasuk shot is is that is that is that since it is an auspicious time for relations, so the eating is a good thing that to lead to that, and it's it's appropriate. But it means literally they should be eating at least together at least on Friday night. The whole thing is just a euphemism. It doesn't mean they should eat together Friday night literally. It just means they should have relations on Friday night. Now it's a very interesting thing because we learned that the relations Friday night. Was the owner's tamachacham? That was like the time tamachacham. Everyone else didn't say Friday night specifically. So what? Whatever it is, twice a week. If you're out of town, but less, a donkey driver once a month, sailor once in six months. Whatever it was the shurim that we learned. So now, what's the pshat that we're emphasizing that when uh, any woman who's married, she lives in separate quarters, so then they should have relations Friday night? What, what's the deal with that? So some rishonim learn very interesting chiddush that if they're not living together, then everyone has a shear of once a week. And even if he's a sailor, even if he's a donkey driver who's normally away from no. They're not living together. She's living in separate quarters. You have a chiv to be with her more, which is a very, very uh, interesting idea. Other showed him learning mamash the opposite. That normally when a woman is living separately, the husband is less obligated, even if he's around every day, where we learn that the obligation of owner is greater. But if that's only if they're living together, if they're living separately, it's not as much. So optimistic, but at least a Friday night they should do it. And very interesting different perspectives on whether living together or living separate is machai of them to have more relations or less relations. Very, very interesting. Says the Gemara Tanan, "Our husband will the The lashon of Mishnah was eating, right? So Bishlam the Mandar Rachila, according to his opinion, says it means eating. Antano Achelas, that's the lashon of eating. El Alaman Damar Tash Mishnah, according to one that it means relations. My Achelas, why would the Mishnah say eating? Says the Gemara Lishma Aliyah, just saying a euphemism, a nice language. Where do I find that eating refers to relations? The Siv Achlam Achapia V'Amal Apati Oven. It says about an adulterous woman, she eats, she wipes her mouth, and she says, "I didn't do anything wrong." So we see in that context that eating refers to relations. Zek the Gemara Meisvei. She eats with him on Friday night. And according to this time of Shem Gamliel, also Shabbos Day. 
Not only Friday night, even Shabbos day. So if it means actual eating, actual eating, that's why it could be that he makes sense. He holds, no, the second Shabbos meal as well, they have to eat together. If it's just a euphemism for relations, do people have relations during the day? That the Jewish people are holy, they don't have relations during the day. So presumably it doesn't mean relations. <coughs> says the Gemara, no, Hamar of Vice of Mutter. There's no Isra during the day. It's not Pshat. It just means that's to be dark. As long as you darken it, then even during the day it's allowed. So therefore, it could be that it is referring to relations, and he's emphasizing that if someone's away a lot, so then they're not living together. So they should have relations Friday night, and he should come back Shabbos day as well. They should have Ma and other relations. Why else did the Mishnah say, Maizim Manika? Right? So there's an expectation that the woman should work for her husband, produce certain amounts of wool. But if she was nursing, then then we don't require her to make as much wool and we increase her food. So that's Rabbi Ula Rabbah. We learned before in Subas a few weeks ago that there's no obligation, technical obligation for husband to support his children while they're alive. Technically, while he's alive, while they're young kids, there's no here for a father to support his children. And it's, just, it's, just, it's a despicable thing if he doesn't, we learned, but there's no technical here. Nonetheless, that's only when they're a little bit older. When they're very young, um, then, then, then he has a financial uh, obligation to do it. He does have to. What do we mean very young? Until they're six years old. Where, what's the concept here? Why, why is there a distinction under six years old, more than six years old? So, a minor under the age of six goes out of the, air of the city's tomb with his mother's air. Meaning normally you need mazon of shtei sudas for air of tchumen for each person relying on the air. That's the way it works. But here... The kid is under six years old, so he's just automatically covered by the mother's hair. Meaning there's no chinuch, right, to go and, and try to make sure that he's got his own bread. Why? What's the Indian? The Indian is, is that he's just automatically wherever the mother is, and he eats whatever the mother has. He's, he's like completely nitzvah to the mother. So if so, now it makes sense that, the, that, that if you have to support your wife, you have to support the kid as well. That's the idea that the Gemara is saying. So that once I see in the mission Erevin that the kid is just goes after the mother, so then just as the father is obligated to support the mother, so too he has to, he has to, he's obligated to support the child who's with her. There's a big child in the alumnus. Does that mean it's part of the chiv to support the wife, or does that mean it creates a second chiv to support the child that young? But either way, those are the facts. That's the point, that a child who's so young, then, then, then the, the father has to, has to support that. What's the source of this idea? Our mission said, if she's nursing, we reduce how much she has to earn. We increase how much food she gets. The kid needs to eat. So meaning, the Gemara is thinking, what's the pshat in the nursing? The pshat in the nursing isn't that since she's nursing, she needs more food. The idea is that that the, the father has to be supporting the infant kid. That's the point. So you have to give her more food supply so that the kid should be, should be eating more. And when that, that implies that therefore when the kid, even if he be older, kid gets older, he's weaned, he's no longer nursing, you have to supply actual new food, extra food for the kid. Very interesting. So even though the mission spoke about nursing, we're saying really it's not about the nursing factor. It's about the kid factor. And the kid's weaned, you have to support more. So tomorrow, no. Really, it's for the woman. Shot is if she's nursing, she's going to be weaker. It's like she's sick, as if she's sick, meaning she's weaker. So you need more food, not because you're obligated to support the kid, not to support the kid. You need more food for her. Says the Gemara in Cain, if the whole thing is just because of her being sick, listen, let the Mishnah say if she was sick. Why did the Mishnah speak specifically about the scenario where she was nursing? It must be, it's trying to hint to you that the extra food is for the child, not just because she is weaker. Says the Gemara, no, the Makamashal and Stamenek is close to him. Maybe it's just telling you, even though she's not literally sick, a Stam, a plain, ordinary nursing woman, is considered to be sick, meaning that's a novelty. Really, you're feeling it for her, not for the infant kid. Once the kid's weaned, for example, you don't give. 
The whole point which is saying is that a nursing woman, you should assume is like she is sick, she needs more. In my heart, we paskin. So we say about the nursing woman, Rashuva Levi, Muslim, Layami, give more wine. Wine actually is good for milk. So it's so interesting, it ends the parak for that, right? Because we started off today, we don't give wine. We're saying nursing woman gives wine. Um, yeah. Okay. Hajjalak Afapi. Zok the Mishnah, no new topic here. Interestingly enough, this is exactly continuing the topic of what a husband is entitled to in his marriage. So, Metziah Seisha, anything that his wife finds, anything that her earnings, the husband is entitled to them. What's the pshat that what the woman finds goes is the hot property of her husband? So, remember, if, if he's supporting her, so, so if he's supporting her, he's deserving of, of what she finds so that he shouldn't resent her. And then the earnings, uh, you know, we spoke about at great length. Fiyushasa, um, but in case where she inherits something, in other words, let's say someone in her father's family dies and she was the heir, she inherits something, there the husband doesn't become the owner of the property. He only has the right to use it, to consume the fruits during her lifetime, meaning the actual property belongs to her, but he is entitled to it. Remember, what's the reason the Rabbanim were Masak and Peros? Because he has to ransom her if she's taken captive. So connected that obligation, the rabbi said that he's entitled to the peros of what, uh, of what she gets. And this is not such a common thing, right? It's not like, you know, women come in usually owning properties. But in the rare case where she inherits something, then the rabbanu were masakin the peros during her lifetime. Another halacha, fascinating machlokas here. Listen, learn, learn up this in you. We'll see if it's really more tomorrow. Let's start it today. Let's say a woman is injured. Somebody injured her. So when somebody injures you, so what's the halacha? There are, there are different payments. One of them is the depreciation in value, nezek. And one of them is boshes, the humiliation of the attack. So there are different assessments. So the question is, when a woman is injured, somebody struck her, somebody hurt her, who is entitled to those payments of boshes of begam? So the Kama says it's her, which kind of makes sense, right? Why should the husband get that? She's the one. She's the one who's the, who got hurt. So the Gemara says, reason we say, no, it depends. When the injury is, is something concealed, then the two parts are her, one part is his. If it's an exposed thing, two parts are his, and one goes to her. So meaning, basically what we're saying is that the husband is embarrassed as well, and, and, it, and it devalues her in his eyes. So therefore he gets a share for both the boshes and the pagan. This is absolutely fascinating, because the wife is entitled to something in her own right. right? She should be entitled to it. If she wasn't a married woman, it would be whatever value. And that's the kaboshas. But since she's married, and then we're saying that it's devalued to the husband and the humiliation to the husband is present as well, he's going to take part of it. And therefore, she doesn't get all. So what's the pshat? Now, as you want to say there's extra for the husband, say there's extra for the husband. But that he should take away part from her seems very hard. So we're trying to explain, you have to say that hagufa, since he is humiliated as well, she suffers less humiliation, which is fascinating. Now, she's a married woman. So part of the humiliation goes to the husband, and she is less, therefore. And the same thing with her value. So maybe that's behind it. But is here with to begam. If it goes all to her, her parts are go to her husband. Shalom, you know some yacht. The share that goes to him goes right away. Shalah, the for her share, Yilakum Karka, land should be purchased with it, local Paris, and he consumes he consumes the produce. Meaning the payments due to her are used to, to preserve the principle and the husband will eat the produce, and then if he divorces or or, or something like that, so then the, obviously she'll have the right to come back. All right, the, the right to use it. Uh, what really is the chiddush of our mission here? Tanina, most of these things we already learned in the Masechta. Where do we say, father is entitled to his daughter's betrothal. Because of Sha'ar he gets the money, he gets the document to marry her off or to deliver her over for Bia. He's entitled to things she finds, to her earnings, and to annul her vows. She's divorced while she's a katana, while she's still in Arusa, the father 
accepts the get for her. But the father does not eat the fruits of her property. And he says, when she gets married, she doesn't sue it and she has a husband. The husband has all those rights and more. Yes, or the husband has even more rights. And that he has all those things in addition, eats the fruits of her property. So basically, we see that all these halachas in our Mishnah, the findings, the earnings, all those things were in that, were in that Mishnah that a husband is entitled to. So what's the novelty of our Mishnah? The novelty was the Boshitz of Begam point. Which was the machlokas does it go only to the woman or does the husband have a share in it? That was a whole new novelty that we wanted to discuss. So we in, we introduced the halachas of the parak with Messias Isha and her that Even though really we just wanted to get to that last point to discuss if she's injured, who is entitled to her boshes of begam.